Yo, I'm here with Ryan Olson, um, host of the Ro of Rocking the Boat podcast, and also SLU uh, student man uh, majoring in business. Um, you want to introduce yourself, Mr. Olson? Yo, what up? What up? Uh, yeah, like Edgar said, I'm Ryan. I am the co-founder of Canceled by Culture with Edgar. Uh, yeah, I host Rocking the Boat, and I appreciate you having me on, bro. Um, to start off with, I know a lot of people still don't know about our Instagram, Cancel by Culture, what Cancel by Culture is. Um, so I wanted to ask, how did you start off being a conservative yourself or like a little bit of your background? Because a lot of people need to know how, you know, different um, ideologies can, uh, we grew yep. up with. Yeah, man, I, I think the biggest thing for me was growing up uh, in East Dallas, I uh, wasn't from a very like affluent family. We didn't always have a lot of money, um, but we were we were comfortable living. Uh, but you, you know, living in lower income neighborhoods, you see um, the way government looks at people and the way they treat different people. Uh, so for me, it's always been kind of this: uh, I don't like the government kind of thing. You know, I don't trust them. I don't. They don't. They're not here for me. Why would I be there for them? You know. And so for me, it's always been this kind of thing where. I just, I just never liked the government, you know? And so conservatism yeah. to me has always been, why would I want the government to be in charge of my life? Right? Like why, why would I want, why would I want someone to tell me what, how to live? So that's, that, that's my big thing is that I just really want individual freedom. And you know, it's crazy too, is that I, I don't think a lot of the things, you know, we talk about in goals and values and morals that, yeah. I don't think I disagree with a lot of liberals on that either. I think, you know, I want people to to have basic human rights. I want people to live comfortably. But I just I think the way we, where we disagree is just I don't think the government is the right person to, you know, implement that. I don't think the government's for us. So that's that's always been my mantra, my mindset. Uh, you know, government sucks and I just don't want them running my life. That's that's yeah. kind of the summary of it. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess it was the same way for me again. Um, I grew up in Pleasant Grove, so obviously it's a diff it's different from East Dallas. I have been to East Dallas. It's not that far, though. Um, the same way I grew up, more as a liberal, and then I became more conservative as I grew up. Um, again, I, just like you, I just don't like the government in many aspects of it. I do think that they fail in a lot of their work. Mm. Um, obviously, we had a, we, we lived through Bush and Obama, so there's that. Um, I would say Trump's our best president that we've had in our lifetime, in our short lifetime. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I think that I think that if he doesn't win in courts, which doesn't seem like it's going to happen, uh, but let's say hypothetically he doesn't win, um, well then I guess people will understand what it was like to have Trump with like without <laughs> Trump because I do feel like people want Trumpism. I think you said it, Uncultured said it, but people do want Trumpism without Trump. Um, it's just he's such a He's such a different figure. He's he's something else. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he is something yeah, else. So. He, he's out there. I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously, like you said, we only we only seen a few presidents. I mean, yeah, we lived through Bush, but I didn't really know much about him. Uh, Obama was really the first person, the first president that I really got to see. And you know, Obama and Trump really contrast each other in the most uh, radical way. You know, you have one one person who's very right wing, one person who's very left wing. So. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of Obama. Um, yeah. And, you know, Trump, uh, you know, there's some things Trump does that I'm just like, all right, cool. What's up? That's what's up. And there are other things that I'm just like, I need you to be quiet. I need you to stop talking. Um, <laughs> you know, you feel me? So 
I don't know. It's it, it's interesting. Uh, we're gonna see. I, I think it's pretty clear Joe Biden won this won this election. But you know what? You know what, bro? I'm gonna take a hard take right now, and I'm gonna say it. I think Joe Biden is gonna go down as one of, if not the worst presidents in the history of this republic. I really think so. I just there's nothing that I look at Joe Biden and I'm just like I like this. You know, I just I'm hesitant. But you know what? I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Joe Biden. I'm going to go into Joe Biden's presidency with an open with an open mind, you know, as much as I can. Uh, and I think yeah. I would implore all uh, people who are skeptical of that to do that, too. Uh, let's give him a fair shot. You know, Trump never got a fair shot from the left. Uh, it was always everything he did was bad, didn't matter what he did. So uh, I would implore everybody to, to kind of go into this presidency open minded. Uh, maybe we can find a few things that we like. And I think that'll ultimately get us to the goal of uh, meeting in the middle. So, I mean, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, you know, it is what it is. We, he's the president and we just kind of got to <laughs> roll with the punches, you know? Yeah. Again, I just, like you said, I don't think anybody gave Trump a fair chance since day one. It seemed like they wanted to impeach him. I think there's articles of the New York Times that actually said um, that they needed to impeach Trump as soon as like day one. But I agree. Um, he didn't get a fair chance. Um, and just like you, um, I don't, I don't know. I think the fact that He's so loved. I don't think Biden's so loved, but the fact the thing is, um, the thing is that Democrats just didn't like Trump, so they wanted to vote him out. Um, either way, I think Biden will go down as one of the most "quote unquote" loved presidents. But I agree with you. I do think he will be one of the worst presidents when it comes mm -hmm. down to policies, because a lot of people don't even know Biden's policies, which is kind of ironic because. They were just voting for Biden, not for his policies, which is yeah, not ironic, but it's just bad. It's, it's stupid, really stupid. bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really stupid. Um, I I saw earlier. I think I sent it earlier to you, but um, I saw that he's trying to appoint someone who said he doesn't want America first when it comes down to foreign policies. So I mean, yeah. you have to remember that Trump Trump was the first president to not start war, a start a war in mm. over thirty nine years. So it's like, okay, he he has Trump's not that bad. Let's just put it down to that. He's not that bad. It's just he never got a fair chance. And he's just a, he's just a different figure from the public sector. Definitely, so a lot yeah. of people were like, oh, very skeptical. But well, it happens. Yeah. Um, and you know, I another, mean, from the private sector. Another thing we got to look at in terms of, you know, from our side, like it's easy for us on the right to, uh, to look at the left and say, man, y'all really got to get y'all shit together. We got to really get our shit together too. You know what I mean? Like, I think what President Trump showed um, over this past four years is that it doesn't matter how good your policies can be. You know, you saw we had one of the best economies in in, Amer in American history. Uh, we yeah. had record low black unemployment. You know, like you said, we had relatively good um, foreign policy. We recognize Israel as a sovereign nation. Um, we have uh, pretty good, like, you know, the Middle East is relatively peaceful as compared to the last 20 so years. Uh, an evisceration of ISIS. So we have these solid policies, but at the end of the day, Trump refused to play politics and he refused to play politician. And unfortunately, in you know, when you're in the government, you gotta play politics from time to time and you gotta kind of gloat. And so I think, you know, on the right, we gotta kind of move on from this Trump type of politics and move towards, you know, more traditional types. I mean, like you said, I agree with some of the policy that he made, but at the end of the day, if you're not winning voters, you're not going to get them. You know, you saw Joe Biden get, oh, I, I, he's the first president to get over 80 million votes. 
because people liked him. You know, whether it's policy or not, at the end of the day, people liked him. And that the unfortunate thing is that's you got to play the game sometimes. And so moving forward, you know, you got guys like Ted Cruz on the come up, uh, Dan Crenshaw, two Texas boys. Um, they really got to uh, look at Trump, take note of what happened, uh, what he failed, what he did well. And we just got to move forward. You know, I don't think I'm I don't think Joe Biden will ruin this country. I don't think Joe Biden is going to, you know, destroy America. I think it's going to be four years of, you know, some ups and downs. But I think, you know, we're going to make it out. And, you know, in four years time, we're or really two years from now, we're going to be looking back and saying, all right, what worked for Trump and what didn't? And let's move forward. Let's keep going. You know, that's what Americans do. We just keep going. We take the hit and keep going. Yeah, that's the thing. We just got to keep like you said, we got to keep on going, um, even with or without Trump. At the end of the day, we have to go to work. I mean, I go to work. Um, well, I can't right now, right? But, but um, you have to go to work. Uh, you have to keep on going to school. You have to, I mean, your life doesn't stop because Joe Biden's president or Kamala Harris become president, which <laughs> that's going <laughs> to be like tough. Might happen. That's going to be tough. That'd be funny. <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh, or Trump is president. At the end of the day, we have yeah. to keep on living our daily lives because life doesn't stop no matter who's president. And then, um, you know, it just, I think in 2022, we do have a big chance of flipping the house. If that happens, the, I'd actually laugh uh, if that happens. Well, I mean, if we keep the Senate and flip the house, you know, that'd be funny. What, what was really interesting about this, um, about this election was there really wasn't this, you know, in 2018, we saw kind of a, I don't, I don't know if I would call it a blue wave, but it was big. It, it was, it was, uh, it was eye catching. You were like, okay, hold on. We need to look at this. And so there was room to look at this and say, you know, kind of for caution. We really should have seen this coming that Joe Biden or whoever the, the Democratic uh, candidate was going to be was going to have this momentum because you saw them flip the House. Right. And that's that's a big yeah. deal. You know, flipping the House is huge. Uh, they didn't flip the Senate, but, you know, they, they were able to, to cut that down to I think we had like 51 or 52 in the Senate, yeah. something like that. And so, you know. We were we were told on the right that there was going to be this huge blue wave coming in this election. You know, they were hoping that they could take they took presidency. They kept the House, but they lost their marginal lead. And I think they're going to lose the Senate. I think that's what it's looking like right now. And so it's what's crazy is that there wasn't a blue wave yet. They still lost presidency or we still lost the presidency. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. You got Joe Biden in, in, in the White House, and then we have a red Senate. Yeah, we have a blue house, but the house can suck a cock as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> and then the Supreme Court. You know, people sleep on the Supreme Court. I don't think they realize how huge Amy Coney Barrett, the, that appointment was. You know, and it's crazy. I've never seen such a qualified female be drugged through the dirt by the left. That was crazy. I, you know. That it was insane. I, you know, they had good, they had decent points, but Jesus, you know, talk about women she's empowerment. <laughs> she's not a person of color, okay? Therefore, she doesn't deserve respect. True, she's white, but she's a woman. She needs to be what, what happened to all the? Doesn't matter. Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a white. <laughs> nah, but but you're right. You're you're right. It, it it'll be interesting though. I'm I'm excited. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I, here's the thing um, when it comes down to presidents. And I think Ben Shapiro put this on his Twitter. Um, we're going to discuss about podcasters right now in a minute, though. Um, he said that at the end of the day, it seems like every president now is just going to reverse every president's executive order. 
through executive order, so it's going to be reversed through reversal through reversal. Yeah. Because then we think about it, that's what Trump did with Obama. He did. That's probably what Biden's going to do with Trump. Mm. And it's going to be like, well, why, why do we have a president? That's a, that's all they're going to do. It's like, it's like a little brother who gets power and then takes away something the little the other brother did. It's like, come on, man, do something different. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna go. Yeah. Well, uh, here's for four more good years, uh, <laughs> starting in January. Yeah. Hopefully, um, we have the vaccine coming out. We have to take thank Trump for that. Actually, we do um, the vaccine. Um, even if it hate if the left hates to say it, he did work he really did. hard. That was that was him. I mean, it wasn't all him, but it was it was his administration. You gotta give credit I mean, where credit is due. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, hey. For example, I gave Obama credit with the Bin Laden thing. Um, there's that. Yeah. I don't know what else I could give him credit to, but there's that. Um, anyways, <laughs> talk about our five favorite podcasters. We had this very serious discussion the other day of who's <laughs> leading the conservative movement. Clearly, it's not Ben Shapiro, but at the moment. Hey, man. Listen. All right. So I, I guess I'll start with my top five right now. All right, let's so include, let's not include podcasts. Let's say um conservative movement leaders when it comes down to like so everybody radio or TV. All right, yeah. All right, well then there we go. All right, so my top five right now, you gotta, you, I gotta put in Ben Shapiro at number one. All right, Ben Shapiro number one. Here's why. Here's why I got Ben Shapiro at number one. Ben Shapiro at number one because he was the first conservative pundit that people like you know my our age group saw. You know, he was like, he's like the new Rush Limbaugh. You know, he is, he is, um, really leading kind of this cattle, this, this movement of young conservatives who are interested in politics, interested in social issues and don't want to submit to the left. And I think he still does that and he, and he kills it. And so for me, for someone to dethrone Ben Shapiro, they're going to have to like start a movement. You know what I'm saying? And so I think at a close, close, close number two, though, is Steven Crowder. And the reason why Steven Crowder is so high right now is because of the all the stuff he's doing to expose voter fraud. Now, here's the thing. Earlier, I said that I think Joe Biden won the uh, the election. I do. But that does not negate the fact that there was massive voter fraud. I don't think it's enough to overturn uh, the election. I, I, I really don't. I think, you know, with Pennsylvania and Georgia certifying their elections, I think it's it's a thing of the past to to think that, but it's still alarming that there was so much voter fraud and and the work Steven Crowder did. You know, you, you I think you watched uh, the election night uh, live stream. Yeah. He was up to like three or four in the morning. Got up the next day at seven. That's when he start or I think eight or something. Started mm-hmm. his stream at eight in the morning, and so you're, you're thinking about it. He probably got like two, three, maybe four hours of sleep, and he's up in the morning he got, again. He said he got one hour of sleep. And he had like five million views that night. Yeah, before. I mean, he was killing it, and and so and yeah. so he he's he's doing great. I think my number three's got to be Tucker Carlson. Um, Tucker does a really good job of, uh, you know, the young people. Yeah, we look at him. We we think he's good. He's on TV, so he really uh, he really attracts more of the older population, probably like yeah. thirty five and above. Like they really watch him. I love him. I watch him on YouTube a lot um, for his clips. He's really good, and I think he's a really good conversationist. Um, I saw his debate against Chank Uger, uh, Politicon, I think 2018, maybe 2019. And that was almost as good as the debate of Shapiro versus Chank Uger in 2017. <laughs> that is hands down the best yeah. debate I've ever seen. 
But yeah, so so Tucker Carlson's got to be my number three. I'm gonna go number four. He's not really a conservative kind of guy, but I but I mean he's definitely a right winger. I'm going Joe Rogan, and the reason I say They're Joe Rogan game. is because he's so <clears throat> just off the head. You know, he, he says whatever he wants. And he doesn't care, but he also doesn't you know submit to the to the Republican Party. You know, he has his own views. He says what he wants. He does whatever he wants, and so. I really like him. I think he's great. I'm my fifth is gonna be. I don't know if this person's gonna be on your list or not, but my fifth has to be Candace Owens. And the reason I Candace think Candace Owens, okay. Owens is because, and, and and I battled between Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk, but I think the reason why I pick Candace Owens is that she's so revolutionary, and I think she gives a voice to black conservatives because it's so you know, I don't know if it's rare. But the Democratic Party has such a stronghold on them because they created this dependency culture starting with LBJ. But that's a that's a discussion for later. Um, yeah, that's true. That they're yeah. that they're almost afraid to come out. And, you, and you've seen time and time again. You look at and, and I think um, I'm sorry, Candace Owens really paved the path for people like Joel Patrick, Brandon Tatum. Uh, I would say Ben Carson. But Ben Carson was so far ahead of his time. Um, yeah, it opened avenues for people like Larry Elder was great, but Larry Elder really blew up when Candace Owens started coming. And so we have these black mm. conservatives that are that are now at the forefront because Candace Owens does so much good work. Con, I mean, Kanye. You know, so I think those are yeah. my top five, and and I think they all individually do something great, and they're, they're definitely my top five that I like to listen to. But let me let me hear yours. I'm excited for this. All right. All right. For, for me, obviously, number one, Steven Crowder. Um, if anyone knows, anyone knows that yeah. I love him as he's probably my favorite person to watch on YouTube after the British uh, YouTubers when I'm not talking about politics. Um, but yeah, I think Stephen Carter again, he, th- he did expose a lot of, he is exposing a lot of the voting irregularities mm-hmm. out there. And the thing is, Stephen Carter is just, he's also a comedian. So like I said before, when it comes down to comedians, he does bring a bigger amount of number than Ben Shapiro. Uh, bigger numbers because of that Um, more people are attracted to watch that i mean most night shows get big numbers because it's just easier to remember that information and then steven crowd is just a funny guy um he he always and the thing i like about him too is that um he brings down he take i mean he brings down he shows his um information he shows his where he's getting his facts from which i really like Mm because then i'm like okay well he's actually saying the truth or i mean or he debunks something from the left which really easily and it makes it funny, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a uh, tight second, which is Ben Shapiro. I mean, mm-hmm. Ben Shapiro is just, I do, I do give him, I do agree with you. He is yeah. one of the. He's, he's iconic. He's iconic. He's iconic. He's yeah. a pioneer. He is. Um, he will be. He will go down in conservative history, mm-hmm. no matter what. Um, I remember I got into him. I got into conservatism because of him. He does. I mean, he's just a machine. <laughs> when you look at that Shank Uger debate, he is a machine. Like you said, everything that Shank would come at him, Ben would, you know, debunk it or refute it really easily. Um, ben Shapiro is a pioneer. I'll, I'll just say it at that. He has a good podcast. The only thing, and this is going to be really stupid to say, but I just don't like hearing his voice for too long. He does have a really squeaky voice. So it's like. But that makes him, <laughs> like, you know it's him. Like, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but he's like, um. I don't, I don't even want to do his voice right now, but yeah. He, uh, yeah, he's I, I, nah, I get what you mean. <laughs> the, the fact that you think that you're the victim <laughs> in this situation. Just... That, that was on it. That was, that was there. That was on it. 
So it's like, well, yeah, he's he's enjoyable to hear too. Um, my third would be um, I think be Michael knows. Michael knows. I think he's underrated. Yeah. Michael knows. But the only my only problem with Michael knows is he is too. He wouldn't accept if something's wrong on the right. He just yeah. he's really right wing. So yeah. there's that. But Michael, I think Michael knows is in the come up. I think now he's gonna have his own radio show after he um, he uh, he substituted for Rush Limbaugh last week, I think. So he's gonna have actually his own radio show. You think he's leaving Daily gonna, Wire? Nah, he said he's gonna stay on Daily Wire. But All right, good, good, he's good. Gonna, <laughs> oh, there's an there's another point for Ben Shapiro. He started the Daily Wire, which he did is one of the biggest companies mm-hmm. when it comes up to conservatism. Uh, th- and then my fourth one would be Charlie Kirk. Uh, Charlie Kirk is an interesting figure too. You know, he goes out to the public. I, that's something I like about Kirk. Since he's a young, younger one, he's a younger guy. Mm. He also does go out in public. He debates, well, not debate students, but he does hear students out. Yeah, yeah. He does a lot of public forums. Uh, we do have to give him credit for turning pro USA. Um, it's a really good thing as well. I think Charlie Kirk is the reason why a lot of students are becoming conservative conservatives in college campuses. Mm-hmm. So we have to give that to Charlie as well. Then my fifth one's a. I think Candace Owens is up there too for number five. Again, Candace she's Owens. just revolutionary. You know, it's funny because the left literally hates her. Mm. Like they literally hate her. I remember when she got into that debate with um Cardi B. That was that yeah. was something else. But yeah, the left hates her, um, which is good because I mean, just gives her more power. I think um, conservatives will put the first woman president in office because I mean, Candace Owens is bringing so many people to the side. And I think she's a really good figure for the conservative movement. Um, I'm glad she's part of the conservative movement. And now she's joining the Daily Wire. So there's that. She's going to be iconic one day, too. I mean, yeah. uh, already, like like you said, she brought in, like, she made people like Joel Patrick. I, I love watching Joel. He's, Joel's he's awesome. a funny figure, too. He's yeah. over Donnie, but he's up there. Joel's up there. <laughs> he's funny. I, I like Joel. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many people. I, I agree with you about putting the first woman president. Um, I think the problem though that the, that the, that we're gonna have is that we really do on the right. We really do try to de-emphasize gender, race, and all those other things. And unfortunately, what ends up happening is that since we don't put such a big emphasis on it, they don't like diversity doesn't come into fruition. You know, whereas I think the left overemphasizes it, and it ends up you know running a lot of their um a lot of their candidates. Which is crazy. Yeah. And I said this on my podcast too, and I talked a few weeks ago to uh, somebody. You know what's crazy is they put the left and the Democratic Party put such an emphasis on diversity, uh, empowering women, people of color, and all these other things. Yet the person that came out as their candidate was an old, straight, rich, white man. <laughs> not even not even the one the socialist, not even Bernie Sanders. It was, you know, you're. I'm like, you had. It doesn't make sense. It it really doesn't. You had three. You had I think four or five women that were on the ticket. You had people of color. You had all these. Like, you end up with, with Joe Biden. I mean, he won. (laughs) He won. Hats off to him. But what? Am I the only one that's like boggled by that? (laughs) Like, what the hell? I actually have spoken to people about that. Um, like you said, the left is always talking about, oh, diversity. We need women. We need people of color. 
Um, I mean, they have Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg how do you say his last mm-hmm. name? Um, uh, but guy, um, he um, he's he a gay guy, guy, right? Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Bug Guy here. Um, but I mean, they didn't put him. I mean, he wasn't popular enough, anyways. Mm. But let's say hypothetically, he was popular. I don't think. Yeah, I don't even think they would have put him in the. They would have nominated him for um, their candidate. I mean, and again, Bernie Sanders is a socialist. There's there's that guy too. I mean, again, I I think Bernie did get cheated on <laughs> various times. Twice. The DNC, the DNC Twice. does not like him. The no. DNC does not like him. And then there's Kamala Harris. I mean, the fact that. Here's my thing. I don't know why Joe Biden chose Kamala Harris. He could have chose anyone else but mm-hmm. Kamala Harris. If anyone in Washington is more divisive, it's the most divisive person is Kamala Harris it, to it, be it in is. that. I, I don't know, dude. It's crazy. That to me was dumb. I mean, let's think about it. She called him racist. <laughs> and she did. Was like, <laughs> she was she basically called him like a rapist and a sexist and a, a rapist and a racist. And now she's like, Oh, I love you very much. Mm. Both of them are political opportunists, so there's that. If Trump, I think Trump did fail on saying that they were both political opportunists. If he would have kept on repeating that, he would have probably got way more votes. Yeah. But, I mean. And, and you know, for Trump, that, that first debate killed him. I mean, it was bad. And, and, and yes, Joe Biden did. I mean, Joe Biden was not, I don't, I don't even say equally as bad. He was bad in that first debate, too. But just Trump's repeated just going after and after and after and after him. It was just, you know, and then the not wanting to uh, have the virtual debate, I think, hurt him, too. Because you saw the third debate. I mean, the third debate, Trump ran shit on on Bo Jiden. You know, he he he, just, he, he couldn't hang. He really could. Yeah. And I think if he would have had, I, I think the town hall that they did, the, the individual ones, was really yeah. good. I think, I think it was really good for Trump. Uh, Joe Biden's was just kind of, you know, not energetic at all. It was just kind of there. And, I, and that third debate was really good. The vice presidential debate was really good for Republicans. I Mike mean, Pence. Mike Pence. Yeah. I, I really think Mike Pence, Mike Pence should be, you know, the, the RNC should be grooming Mike Pence to do exactly what Joe Biden did. You know, you're the president, you're the, the vice president, and then you come up. I, I think, you know, Mike Pence is just, he, he's that guy. You know, he is the politician version of Donald Trump. You know, he was in that administration. He was, he's going to carry the same kind of policies, kind of same mantra, you know, an America first ideology. And I, I, I think he, but he has the, the political ability to, to be able to win. So yeah, we'll see. Actually, there's a lot of similar qualities between them. I mean, Joe Biden's a pretty boring guy, no energy. Um, I would say Pence is a pretty boring guy with no energy, yeah. but I mean, I, I like Pence. I think Pence is a really cool guy. Actually, yeah. we, I mean, he does what he want, he needs to do. I like his debate with Kamala. Uh, Kamala didn't know what to do. I think Kamala's a horrible debater too. Yeah, not because she's a woman, but it's just she just really sucks I mean, at debating. Uh, I don't think I think the problem with Kamala is Kamala doesn't have anything to talk about. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. Kamala's not particularly engaging. She's not particularly you know that she's not smart, but she just doesn't have anything to. You know, you saw Hillary Clinton uh, in the twenty sixteen debates. I mean, especially that first debate, Hillary Clinton ran shit on Donald Trump in that first debate. You know, because mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton, as much as I don't like her, as much as I think she's a crook, as much as I think she's crooked, um, she's she's smart. You got to give her credit where credit is due. Oh, yeah, she's she is a, smart. She's I, a I, brilliant I agree, yeah. woman. And I think, not that I would have agreed with her policies, but I think she would have been one of the most effective presidents in terms of getting what she wants done. You know, because mm-hmm. she's been in the White House before. She's been in... Um, 
she's been in pol- in government for 40-something years. So not that I think she would be a good president, but she would have been very, very, very effective at getting what she wants done. And so it's not the yeah. fact that Kamala Harris is a woman. It's the fact that Kamala Harris is a not good politician. You know, and, and it's going to show really clear if she becomes president, it's going to be show really clear that being the uh, attorney general of a state or even of America does not automatically grant you super great ability to be president. I, I think they're mute. I don't think they're necessarily um, they, they don't, you know, doesn't mean correlation. Uh, I just, yeah. or, you know, I, I don't think they correlate. I think they're two separate different skills that you need. I mean, she's also a slaveholder, if you think about it. Like, she kept black people in jail. She did. Um, because she wanted free labor. I mean, people mm. don't, I don't know how people don't know that. It's beyond me. But Tulsi Gabbard did a really, you know what? I, I still feel bad for Tulsi Gabbard. I think she would have actually done a really well, com- good campaign. But yeah, Tulsi Gabbard exposed her in that debate. Um, when the, yeah, in the primaries, she didn't even know what to say. She just kept on laughing, which is, Something Kamala likes to do a lot, laugh, which kind of creeps me out. But yeah, she is a slaveholder. We think about it. She incarcerated many black people. The fact that people think that she's going to do the change for black people is beyond. It's, it's me. insane. You know, I I, I, I don't, I don't know. know. I I didn't. I just don't like Kamala Harris at all. I mean, when I found out Joe Biden was the uh, the nomination from the DNC, I was a little bit like, I was upset, but. You know, at the same time, he is like I, we do have to give him credit. He is a he is a fairly moderate um, Democrat. Uh, he still leans left, but I think he's fairly moderate. So I don't think we're going to see like drastic change, especially in four years. Um, but when I found out Kamala Harris was, I was just like, I'm, no, there's no, there's no way on hell in hell. He had so many, you know, like you said, Tulsi Gabbard was great. Uh, Pete Buttigieg would have been awesome. I would have said Amy Klobuchar would have been great. Um, yeah, you know, I, I just. Uh, there were just so many people that I would have put before Kamala Harris. Susan Rice would have been uh, a step up from Kamala. I just, you know, especially in the time where you have so many protests and so many um, movements for defund the police and Black Lives Matter and all these other social justice movements, you know, to, to put someone who has violently and, you know, just abruptly incarcerated black people at astronomical rates in california is just crazy you know and they cite all these um arbitrary plans that she's made and arbitrary um policies that she's passed in 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 the senate and for california but you know you look at california california's on fire it's a shit show people are leaving every day for texas uh for yeah you know for other states and and she's a huge part of it her and gavin newsom and every other dumbass politician that's in california yeah, right now gavin newsom. they're yeah, no, fuck Gavin Newsom, man. He <laughs> he's one of those people that's like he puts policies for others, but he doesn't follow him. He's a Nancy Pelosi. I mean, yeah, another <laughs> another California they, politician. Yeah. It's just these people that I'm not saying it's just from the left, obviously, but I, I think we talked about this before in that Fourth of July thing. It's just that these politicians have been in office for decades and decades and then we really expect change from them when i mean mm. again they've been there for decades they haven't shown any change and i guess that's why trump all of us like trump because he came in three years he did so many yeah. so many things that well at least for the conservative movement that we really mm. like but he did stuff he he got there and he was like you know what i'm gonna get to work and a lot of these politicians well they don't even worry about getting reelected. i'm like and the same thing here like with cornyn 
I'm not saying Cornyn's a bad guy. I'm just saying like he doesn't have to worry about re-election because he's gonna win. The same thing with Pelosi. Like I don't even know if she campaigns in California because I mean she's gonna win at the end of the day. So it's like these politicians who have. I do think there has to be term limits for any type of politician, but it's just like they they have secure wins. So it's like why why campaign? It's like they're not gonna do any change, and people don't notice that. They're like, oh well, why would I change? Nancy yeah. Pelosi, I'm gonna just vote for her again. Yeah, or they don't vote at all. You yeah, know, that's true. a lot of people didn't vote for uh, the Texas Senate, and so the people that really liked uh, Cornyn voted, and people that didn't even know didn't. So I I, I agree. Uh, I, I think term limits. The thing that would that would uh, make me nervous about term limits is how long, right? Because you got you, you know you get the Senate. Yeah. If you have you know two terms is twelve years. Um, yeah. but so I think that's fine. But then you look at someone like the house of representatives, you know, how many, they, they go every two years. Um, so Nancy Pelosi gets voted for every two years. So are you going to go four term limits for eight years at max? You know, are you going to match the Senate 12 years? I think there's a lot of, a lot of ways we can look at it. Uh, but the thing that makes me hesitant is that while, yeah, they're coming, you know, politicians are coming in and out. You got bureaucrats that are, that are really running things like the federal reserve, um, the environmental protection agency, uh, all these other uh, bureaucracies that they get to stay there for 40, 50 years uh, and nothing changes. So um, I think we need to l- make uh, bure- bureaucracies more accountable. Um, we need more citizen input on those. Uh, and, and quite frankly, I think some of them are just redundant. You know, I think the Treasury can do the job. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we need a Federal Reserve. Uh, that's a hot take. I used to work there. Uh, so <laughs> anybody who's listening to this from the Fed, uh, I don't want you to lose your job, but I'm just like, some of the things that we do, I'm just like, it's a little bit redundant. Um, yeah. But I get it from an internal control perspective. You do need separate entities. But I don't know. I also think we should limit uh, Supreme Court justices. You know, we don't live in the 50s anymore. We don't live in the early 1800s. People aren't living to be 30, 40, 50 years old. They're living to be 80. So, you know, you look at Amy Coney Bear, I think she's in her late 40s or something like that. Yeah. So let's assume she dies. Well, how Ruth Bader Ginsburg was like 80 something, wasn't she? Yeah, 87, I think, or yeah. around that age. So yeah. if, if Amy Coney Bear is 47 and Ruth Bader Ginsburg died at 87, let's say somebody can fact check us on that. We don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's assume that's right, though. You know, you're looking at four, that's 40 years. That's yeah. 10. That's 10 presidential um uh, term Elections. terms, you know, you're, yeah. you're that that's a long time, and you know, I I mean, I like Amy Coney Barrett. Don't get me wrong, um, I'm okay with her if she you know stays in for forty years, but <laughs> but that you know you know how dangerous that is. You get a guy like Trump. If you know, we were okay with it because he got three um, justices, and you know, I I liked Neil Gorsuch a lot. I like Amy yeah. Coney Barrett so far. Justice Kavanaugh has kind of been a little iffy, uh, but I really like him at the end <laughs> of the day. But imagine how dangerous that would have been had, um, you know, first of all, had Obama had a uh, blue Senate, Merrick Garland would have been passed through. And, you know, imagine if he would have had two more on top of that. Imagine if, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg retired. That would have been two uh, two justices that could have been filled. And so I, I just think it's a little bit, you know, dangerous. Uh, yeah. On the other side, it's great when it's your side that, that has the luck and has the opportunity, but it's it sucks when it's the other end. So I think... Term limits across the board. Um, if we're going to apply it to one office, we apply, we should apply it to all offices. Uh, I yeah. just, you know, 
I mean, at the end of the day, they are there to follow the constitution. And I know Simon's like, well, they're not actually conservatives, but I mean, yeah, let's be honest. They're, they, they are, they, mm-hmm. or they're liberals. Like we're not going to lie to each other and be like, oh, well, they're not they definitely quote, unquote, conservatives. They are, they are. That's why they got appointed. Mm-hmm. They're appointed to favor one side. And of course, if, if Obama would have appointed Garland, and then, again, I do like Gorsuch. Uh, I think Kavanaugh is, a, again, another weird Donnie. We yeah. defended him. We defended him for a lot of things. Uh, he got slandered by the left, and he does side with the left a lot. <laughs> mm. So there's that. Yeah. And I, I love Amy Coney Barry. I think she's a strong woman. I think the fact that she has seven children and it's going to be able to do SCOTUS, uh, it, speaks, it speaks volume it to does. what her character is. But I do agree, if we're going to do... Term limits for some one office. We have to do it for every other office. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at England. I'm not saying England's perfect. I mean, we beat them, so there's that. Beat them, uh, but I mean, the England, <laughs> the English Supreme Court <laughs> has term limits. Yeah. I mean, we should have term limits too. Like you said, 40 years of Amy Coney Barrett. I mean, I wouldn't mind. She's mm. an amazing woman yeah. too. But I mean, <laughs> it's like it's a long time, a long time yeah, for yeah. someone to keep, to stay in office 40 years. I mean. Pelosi, it's been there for almost 40 years, too, I think. It's just all these politicians, uh, the Senate, Supreme Court, it's just like, we need term limits for these people because at the end of the day, if they don't do change, why do we have them there? Yeah, it's crazy. And then, you know, what I am nervous, though, for is I think while, you know, we're looking for things like term limits to keep politicians accountable, I'm I'm fearful that the left is pushing for more of a uh, popular vote. Uh, that's that's gonna yeah. be dangerous. I mean, we've had this debate since 2016. Um, should we go to a popular vote? I, I really don't think we should. I think that's dangerous. Um, you know, you look at you look at California. Um, as much as people want to say one vote, one rep, one vote, one you know, one point, whatever you want to say, proportionality. Yeah. Unfortunately, what ends up happening is that that's gonna completely decimate all of middle America. That's going to completely um, eviscerate Montana, Idaho. It's going to silence them. They're not going to have anything. You know, they're not going to get to vote for anything. And the problem then becomes, do they, should they be subject to big city politics? And I know the argument then goes, well, you know, why should we, why should we um, silence big cities then? Unfortunately, the reality is big cities are never going to be silenced. You know, they're always going to yeah. have a say. Everybody's going to, going to, you know, campaign in those cities. And the reason I say that is because look at the past two campaigns that we saw, 2016 and 2020. How much emphasis did they put on Florida? They did. They still campaigned in California. They came and campaigned in Texas. They came and campaigned in um, all these states. You know where they didn't campaign? Montana. And you know what's crazy is that that's Montana, Wyoming, Idaho. Those are the states that they that they use in their arguments. They say, well, one vote in Montana equals two or two or three votes, something like that. You know, they say one citizen has as much power as three citizens in, in California. Well, when the hell was the last time any presidential candidate campaigned in Montana? Never. I think Trump went to go visit, uh, is it North Dakota where the, where Mount Rushmore is? Yeah. Went to go, went know. to go visit <laughs> Mount Rushmore, but that's because Mount Rushmore is there. That's not because he particularly wanted, you know, needed to get the votes. They know where their votes are going. They know that they go to the big cities, regardless of whether or not they have 15 electoral or whatever, you know, it's, 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 that's such a dumb argument to push, um, for, um, 
to push for a popular vote. Yeah, it's just with the popular vote again, they they're gonna forget about those middle America and remember, middle America is really important. They they have a lot of things. A lot of things come out of middle America. A lot of small business owners are in middle America. Middle America is just really important. And you're right. It's and I think I made this argument before. It's just that a lot of the big cities, a lot of the, the, the scrap off cities, counties, most of the big counties in America vote blue. And it's just like, and I think it's like 38 million people who vote blue in those, well, not it's not 38 million that vote blue, but most of them are blue cities and it's 38 million people. So it's like, if those people end up ruling America, it's like, we're never going to have, let's say, quote unquote, Republican president. That's the thing too. People are like, oh, well, if we go to a popular vote, Republicans don't want to go to a popular vote because they're never going to win with the popular vote. And it's just like, don't you want, don't you want, like change don't you want like different people in office why would you want the same party in office that ends up being a dictatorship if we think about it i mean i think that when one political party is more for than eight years in office it's just like remember it's that pendulum switch you know it's just like we need different people in office because america isn't mostly liberal or more to consider i mean think about it trump's the first president that gets over 70 million votes Mm -hmm. that's a lot of votes and the fact that he's a conservative and he did so well with the Hispanic community, like you never see a, a Republican doing so well with the Republican, yeah. I mean, with the Hispanic community. It's beyond me how he got so many votes. And it's the Cuban-Americans that they, they don't want socialism. They know what it is. Damn. I mean, they had Fidel Castro. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that, that sucks. They had like things like that. Of course, they know. And it's because Americans don't, I mean, we never experienced socialism. So the fact that we had to we had to vote against it eventually because when we have it we're not gonna like it. Anyways, um, it seems like you have to go. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you bringing me on this podcast. Um, I love what you're doing. I love listening to it. Uh, everybody, keep listening, supporting my boy Edgar. Uh, make sure you Thank go you. follow us on Canceled by Culture. Keep you a few updates. Yeah. And please listen to Rock uh, Rocking the Boat by Ryan. Um, the links on cancel by Col- uh, each of our Instagrams has the cancel by culture Instagram, so you can go listen to it there. But listen to it; he's one of the he's an upcoming big person in the conservative movement. Trust me, he's gonna do the big I'm, stuff, guys. I'm getting there one Maybe. day. <laughs> All, right. All right, all right, man. Thank you, bro.